This morning I'll be reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 46. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he's brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A few years ago, well, I guess more than a few now, for my dad's 50th birthday, Daniel and I joined some other family members for a cruise on spring break. The boat we were on was a huge boat, sort of a floating city. Standing on the ground at the port, it looked like a fortress. Now, this is the first time I'd ever been on a cruise, probably also the last. And so, of course, the friends I talked to beforehand thought they needed to share all their horror stories of being at sea when it storms. My friend Brady told us about the time his family went on a cruise and spent their whole vacation inside their cabins because the storms made the sea so rough. Their boat got tossed around like a plastic children's toy in a bathtub. As we left the port of Miami on this fortress of a cruise ship, and as we got out into the open sea, the 10-foot waves began to rock our giant boat back and forth. And as any solid ground faded into the distance along with the Miami skyline, it became very clear any perception that this boat was somehow a fortress was at best an illusion. If those 10-foot waves on a sunny day could rock our whole boat, how much more would a storm? If the seas turned to chaos, there would be no respite, no solid ground to turn to, no real fortress where we could ride out the storm. In our text today, the psalmist is writing about this kind of watery chaos. The waters roar and foam. The mountains quake with the power of the sea and fall back into the sea. This is the epitome of chaos in the Bible. 
Whenever we read about stormy waters in the Bible, our minds ought to return to in the beginning, when the earth was formless and empty, except for the waters of chaos. God's work in creation was to create order from the chaos of the waters, to separate and to fill. But here in Psalm 46, creation itself is being undone. Where God had once brought order by lifting up dry and stable land, now chaos is returning as those stable mountains fall back into the sea. Now since this psalm was sung by the sons of Korah, many commentators have connected it with the story found in 2 Chronicles 20. After all, psalms are not disembodied general propositions about God. These are the songs and prayers of God's people sung throughout the history in real-life situations. And so scholars connect this psalm with 2 Chronicles 20. Because this is where this priestly group, the sons of Korah, are found praising God along with King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah. The situation in this story and the situation in the psalm bear a striking resemblance. In the story from 2 Chronicles, the Moabites and the Ammonites are enemy nations who are coming to make war on God's people. The drone of the approaching army sent a wave of panic over God's people in Judah. King Jehoshaphat declared a fast. And people came together in the new courtyard of the new temple to ask the Lord why he would let this happen and then to seek his will in all of it. And so weak in the knees with fear, King Jehoshaphat stands up in the assembly and he cries out desperately to God. And he says, Oh, our God, didn't you drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? And gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham. But now here are men from from Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whose territory you wouldn't allow Israel to invade. See how now they're repaying us by coming to drive us out of our possession. We have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. And we don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are on you. See, God had established some order in the land when he set Abraham's descendants there. God's people rose out of the chaos of the land like a newly formed mountain coming out of the sea. And those people who were surrounding the land, they were allowed to stay, but there were boundaries set in place. There was order. But now those people who are allowed to stay are threatening the land of God's people. They are threatening the boundaries of Israel that God set up, like water pounding against the side of a mountain. The seas threaten the boundary of the mountain. The earth, the dry land, returns to the deep, and the seas return to watery chaos. Chaos seems imminent as hostile forces threaten God's people and God's promises. Where can God's people find solid ground? 
Where can they find a real fortress to ride out the storm? We too live in a time when forces of chaos and disorder seem to be pounding against those things we thought were safe and solid. Sickness and disease pound against God's good order that is created in our bodies, like waves crashing into the side of a mountain. Jealousy produces a kind of chaos in our minds that disorders and floods our priorities. And greed blurs the line of rightly ordered desire and love as we begin to love things more than we love God or people. And anger jumbles our minds so that rage and violence replace careful thought and actions as we flail wildly in the stormy waters of chaos. On a bigger scale, of course, the pandemic has introduced all kinds of chaos that many of us have not experienced before. So many measures of order and control in our lives were revealed to be something of an illusion. I remember my very first day as a student at the University of Toronto. My family had just moved to Ontario from Michigan like three days earlier, and I had just navigated the commute and the train and the subway for my first time, and I found myself in this strange, giant city, walking down a busy street, going to my orientation for a graduate program where I was sure everyone else would be way smarter, way more confident than I was. I was completely unmoored and feeling very much alone. But as I walked down the sidewalk, I imagined a day, four years into the future, in May 2020, when I would walk down that same sidewalk. By that time, it would be very familiar but my family would be with me. I'd have my, my graduation hood and gown draped over my arm and we'd walk to my graduation ceremony together. And I clung so tightly to that image that helped me to push through some hard days to persist. But that hoped for day that I planned for was not a firm reality. It was an illusion. A helpful one, to be sure, but an illusion that crumbled so quickly in the face of the chaos of the pandemic. Of course, there was no ceremony in May 2020. There was no family visiting. There was no hood, no gown. Just a Zoom social with other disappointed graduates that I skipped to eat pastries. The chaos has robbed us of so many good things, has shown us that those things we thought were fortresses are really more like little toy boats being thrown around in the bathtub. Even now, as the number of cases is trending downward in our region, we're starting to see the cost that it's taken on us. One Kitchener headline from the past week reads, mental health continues to decline as the pandemic drags on. People's mental health troubles are becoming increasingly complicated. A mental health professional from Kitchener explained it this way. 
where somebody may have called us before with anxiety and depression, we now add in the COVID-related stress and hopelessness and isolation and oftentimes substance use. Now, this does not negate the importance of public health measures, just recognizes that both things are true, that we need safety from the chaos, but also that in our own hands there has been a deep, deep cost. Just when one kind of chaos seems to be relenting, another rears its head, and it feels like there's no escaping it. Seems like there's always some kind of chaos threatening to overtake us. The powers of death and sin and evil are threatening the boundaries of God's good creation, like water pounding against the side of a mountain. The seas threaten the boundaries of the mountain, and the dry land returns to the deep, and the seas return to chaos. Where can God's people find solid ground? Where can we find a real fortress to ride out the storm? Chaos seems to reign and threatens God's people and God's promises. As God's people stand helpless in the courtyard of the temple, in the face of impending chaos, the Spirit of the Lord comes on Jehaziel. And he, prophet, he prophesies to King Jehoshaphat. He says this. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. Because the battle isn't yours. It's God's. You will not have to fight this battle. So take up your positions and stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. When chaos threatened the people of God, God himself would be their fortress, their refuge, their strength. God keeps the chaos at bay. Do not be afraid, God tells his people. The battle's mine. Jehoshaphat and all the people in the courtyard with him fall with their hands to the ground and praise to God for these promises. Now, they haven't seen this happen yet. They haven't seen God defeat their enemies. They haven't seen the chaos return to order. But that doesn't stop some priestly leaders, those sons of Korah, from rising above the crowds and professing their faith in God's promises. Maybe with words like we see in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Even if earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. Even if creation and order falls back into chaos, they say we will not fear. When God restores order, the raging seas will be tamed and turned to rivers. 
Rivers that stay in their banks. Rivers that bring life-giving water to the city of God, the psalmist says. God is within this city. He will not let her fall. The nations and kingdoms of this world will fall, but on this day, the fortress of God will not fall. And the whole crowd joins in the chorus with the sons of Korah, saying, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The sons of Korah continue, Come see what God's done. He brings desolation to those forces of chaos. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He restores order. God says to the seas and the waves and the raging nations, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among you. And again, the whole crowd joins in the chorus, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now again, they haven't seen these things happen yet. They haven't been delivered from the Moabites, from the Ammonites yet. But they still trust God's promises as they confess their faith in him. God is our fortress, our solid ground in whom we can trust. And as we read on in 2 Chronicles, we see that God does not come up short on this promise. Early the next morning, Jehoshaphat and his armies left, uh, left for the desert. And people were appointed to march in front of the army and to sing. So maybe as a reminder to the men of God's promises, they sing, Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. And as they approached the place that overlooks the desert, there was an eerie silence in the air. No clanking of spears and shields. Their weapons had been broken. Their enemies were not roaring and foaming like the sea they expected. Instead, the landscape was filled with their lifeless bodies. God had fought the battle for them. By turning the nations against each other, God had stilled the raging nations. God restored order to the lives of his people. He protected them kept them safe from the storm. When chaos threatened God's people and his promises, God turned the chaos in on itself and away from God's people. God was a safe fortress for his people. Now, if we believe that God is still our refuge, if we believe that God is still at work turning chaos into life-giving streams, then where do we see God still doing this today? I would expect to see God fighting our battles of jealousy, greed, and anger. I'd expect to see God pushing back the chaos of things that rob us of physical and mental health. I mean, isn't this God's promise for us too? But my goodness... Some days it is just hard to come by good news. Chaos still seems to reign. 
And for people dealing with sickness and disease, sometimes it can feel like for every good piece of news, there's just two more complications. And no matter how good our intentions might be at the beginning of the day, doesn't it seem to you that jealousy or greed or anger still have their way in our hearts more often than not? Maybe today we are still standing in the courtyard of the temple with King Jehoshaphat. We have heard God's promises, but we haven't seen those promises completed. And so we recite Psalm 46 in faith. We stand with the sons of Korah on the night before the battle and say, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And we join our voices with the voices of God's people in all times and places, confessing our faith when we say the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we have heard God's promises. We have confessed our faith. And even though God has not yet completely restored right order to creation, we begin to see glimpses of those chaotic seas turning into streams of living water. Maybe you remember hearing a few years ago about this terrible mass shooting in a Texas Walmart. One of the women who died was Margie. Margie's husband, Antonio, was left alone and heartbroken. He had no relatives in the area. He was all by himself. His life turned to chaos by someone's evil acts. In his distress and grief, he'd spend hours at this little makeshift memorial for his wife that he set up outside of Walmart. He told Margie's funeral director that he was afraid. He was afraid about not having any family. He was afraid that no one would show up at her funeral. And the town's mayor heard about this, and so he encouraged people to show up at Margie's funeral to support Antonio through all this chaos, the upending of his life. Now, the day of the visitation and funeral, more than 3,000 strangers showed up. Rivers of people flowed through the venue, giving him hugs, sharing gifts and condolences. The line wrapped around the block for half a mile as people from across the country came to show love to Antonio. Rivers of flowers came one after one until over 900 flower arrangements from New Zealand, Norway, Japan, Canada flooded the memorial. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Antonio shared that he had never felt so much love in his entire life. We still see glimpses of God turning the chaotic seas into a life-giving river. Closer to home, we see glimpses of God restoring order to creation as people with difficult health issues are sustained by God and carried by their community. We see glimpses of God restoring order when we give of our wealth and our lives generously. 
or when we respond to difficult situations with love and trust rather than fear. Even as God is in the process of putting creation back in order, he has offered us his son, who has begun the work of defeating chaos once and for all, his body and his blood, given for us so that we would have a place to run, solid ground under our feet, protection from the chaos, and a respite from the storm. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord God, when we are surrounded by chaos, remind us of these words. We cling to your promises, and we look forward to the day when all of creation will be restored. We look forward to the day when wars and chaos will cease, and we seek shelter and protection in you until that day comes. Amen. <laughs>